Hi everyone, and welcome to Making It Count with Christina and Will, where we explore real ways to make your hard-earned money count today and every day. No matter your financial goals, we want to offer practical tips and insider tricks to help you accomplish them. Along the way, we'll learn from our local financial experts, answer listener-submitted questions, and share our own money experiences. So together, let's make make it it count. count. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Making It Count. I am so excited for today's episode because we're starting out our three-part mini-series on Money Plus Kids. This is a really big topic, Mm -hmm. and we're starting today with some financial considerations for having kids. Okay, well, I know that you don't have kids yet. Nope. (laughs) But I just- No kids. No, okay, okay, fine. So I just read an article that talks about how much it costs to raise one child on average. I asked my husband, so I have his guess, but I'm curious to know what you think it costs for one kid to age 18, zero to 18. Too much. (laughs) Just too much in general. Yeah. Well, you're right. The average cost of having a child is $233,610. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes is, and that's from 2017. Wait, and you want to retire early? (laughs) Wait, hold on. (laughs) Goals. Um, Little do you know that I haven't yet started planning for my kids' college, but yes, my retirement is on point. Well, hopefully they just don't want to go. (laughs) No, I'm betting on scholarships. (laughs) Scholarships. That's what I had. It ends. Really pushing that young one into baseball. (laughs) (laughs) So, Will, as someone who has decided not to have children, what do you think about that? When I decided to not have children, which is, you know, as a decision as of right now, things can always change. And I say that just to scare Zach when he listens to this. (laughs) But it really wasn't just the financial consideration. Yes, that's a stressor, but like there was other thoughts in my head around why. So like I don't think that the money part of it should necessarily dictate everything, but I think it should be a major consideration. Yes, 100%. So like I told you earlier, I asked my husband to guess, and he actually guessed 300,000. So- Raising the fancy kids. uh, (laughs) No way. I think that it's totally true though. And that's not even, I believe that's not even counting for for college. Like this is just keeping your kids alive. Yeah, and college keeps- rising I know oh my gosh okay we have to stop (laughs) oh wait that's the whole episode we can't stop we I'm gonna learn tips all right let's go (laughs) all right it's time to introduce our guests today we have a repeat guest from season one John Stanton of CUNA brokerage services welcome back can you please introduce yourself Absolutely. Good afternoon, all. Uh, my name is John Stanton, financial advisor with Members Financial Services. We work for CUNA Brokerage. We've been partnered now, gosh, 20 years with Edition Financial. Wow. So that's just awesome. Uh, but we're glad to be here and be part of this. Our services are free, no obligation. There's no pressures. We're not salespeople. We're educators. Uh, so definitely on this topic or any other, when it comes to investing or finances, we're here for you. And welcome back, John. We're so happy to see you. I'm glad to be back. And doesn't his hair look good? <laughs> Throwback to Still cutting season it yourself? one. Three weeks ago. It's three weeks growth right here. That's good. Right. That looks good. Thank you. And joining us for the first time today is John's coworker, Stephanie Floor. Thank you so much for coming. Will you introduce yourself and tell us about yourself? I am Stephanie Floor, and I am a financial advisor with John with CUNA Brokerage Services and Members Financial Services. I'm located at Edition Financial. I have been in the business for 20 years and have been with credit unions for 20 years in some capacity. 
So credit unions are my life and uh, members at the same time. We have so much like years of knowledge in this room right now. Not from Will and I, though. (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay, well, before we go further, I want to know the kids situation. So I have an almost eight and a 10 year old. John, what about you? I have a 28 and a 26-year-old and an 8-year-old grandson that we're probably planning this college thing for now. Mm, Stephanie? I have a 4-year-old daughter. Well, she's almost 4 in April. She's a 3 major, as we like to call her. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I have a 2-year-old little boy who's darling. So we have pretty much the whole gamut of age ranges in this room right now. So I'm really excited about it. non-existent children on my part. and no children. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) All right, let's dive right in with our questions. So... I'm not going to lie. I'm going to raise the curtain. I didn't do this math. It's sitting in front of me on a piece of paper. However, $233,610 works out to be about $13,000 per year. Mm -hmm. If you assume parents are paying for kids until they're 18, which I think in many cases is beyond 18, right? Yeah, I would think so. So I'm going to direct this to John. What do you think is the most expensive aspect of raising kids? All of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh... Obviously, it's the childcare. I mean, that gets more and more expensive each year. I know with mine, uh, when my spouse and I were working, uh, it was really hard to sometimes cover that, especially you know when you're young and you're not quite hitting that level of your you know, what you want to be as far as professional. Um, you get a, you're on that fixed income, and on fixed income, like anything, it's really hard sometimes to meet that need. Because let's face it, if the kids don't go to daycare, someone's got to watch them. So if you now you only have one person working, the other one stays at home. That has a whole nother aspect or effect on what your income is. So uh, I'd, I'd say childcare would probably be the most expensive part of raising kids, especially early until they go to school. When they go to school and then they can start mowing the lawn for you and start doing those other, then it's a benefit. But until then, it's rough. Stephanie, you're kind of in that childcare phase right now. What are your sentiments? I mean, I totally agree with John. You know, my kids are in daycare um, in the last couple of years due to jobs, moves. My husband and I've lived in different cities in the state of Florida. And although we've lived in different cities, the cost of childcare has been the same wherever we've gone. And, you know, I don't think most people even realize that your infant costs much more a week than your three-year-old does. So it does get cheaper as they age, but I'm not sure that $10 a week cheaper is really going to do much (laughs) for your bank. So congratulations, you just saved $40 a month. But on top of that, which people forget, depending on where you take them to child care, some will supply you with diapers, some you bring the diapers and wipes. Those are a very big expense. If you have not played the how much do baby items cost at a baby shower game, your mind will be blown as to how much items actually cost mm-hmm. on an ongoing weekly basis. And until you actually sit down and look at those numbers, I think this number right here the 233, I think we need to double that number because this <laughs> Well, is we do. We have so two children. Low. Correct. Each of us we have do. two kids. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think something else that a lot of people don't consider is when we started having kids, before I was pregnant with our first one, I we lived in a two-bedroom place. So we're like, oh, man, we can't fit in this two-bedroom place anymore. So then we had to spend the more money to get the bigger house to fit our family. So I think people forget that consideration as well. I mean, Christina, your kids are uh, in a couple of years. You might just be like, stay at home by yourself. We're all good. <laughs> I, I, well, I think that's. I think that's I was a, like 12 and my parents were like, yeah, you're good. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think that something else. And I know, Stephanie, you're not quite there yet. But John, maybe in your history is 
daycare's done and my husband and I like threw a party when we didn't have to pay for daycare anymore. Like I had a tax lady almost like have a heart attack when she found out how much private daycare was for two children. But then all of a sudden there's extracurricular activities and you think you're saving all this money, but braces, oh man, I'm, I'm in the braces zone right now. And that's, that's- it gets crazy. I think I think I cried the first time my kid came to me and said they got a job. I was like, oh, no, that's so and, and they actually wanted they actually wanted to help. So I mean, it's like the most amazing thing. So, but yeah, it's you know, it's one of those things where you have to really be preemptive about it. You can't sit there and say, oh, if we get pregnant, we get pregnant. If I have a kid, we have a kid. Mm-hmm. There is no right or wrong time. I guess it's when you're ready. But if you really don't look at your financial picture before you say you're ready, I think you're making a big mistake. Yeah, talking about after the age of eighteen, or maybe a little bit after that. College. College is not considered in that $233,000. How can parents start or when should they start saving for college for their kids? The day that you have a social security number. (laughs) I mean, uh, people always ask if they can open up an account for a child beforehand. And I like to tell them the IRS dictates this for us. If you don't have a social security number, we can't have an account. Mm. So, I mean, you can save something, of course. You can save your own money. But if you want it dedicated to that child and you want to open up a designated, like, educational account, you need a social security number on the child. So, you know, take the first day they're born and, and, and enjoy that. And then the next day, you know, let's get to work. <laughs> and so you you really just have to start putting stuff away. You know, we we talk about the cost of daycare. At one point in time, my husband and I were paying $2,000 a month for daycare. If we put that $2,000 a month after we're done paying for daycare in an account that has an interest return, has more of a market return or we're getting more for our dollars in a savings account, then that is one way you could save for your child's future. You've already lived for five years without $2,000 a month. If you can continue to do that, then, I mean, what a great savings, what a great way to save it. What a great tip. Darn it, Stephanie. Now you give me this tip. It's too late for me now. (laughs) Making that 13th payment on your mortgage every year. I know. Hey, that mortgage is going to be done in I 10 thought, years. Honestly, we're going to walk in this episode and you're going to be like, I already paid for my kid's college or something no, bizarre. And I was going to be like blown one thing. away. We, we decided as my husband, and, you know, we, we just finished up the Love Plus Marriage miniseries. And one of the decisions Mark and I made together was retirement is our number one priority because kids could always get student loans and we can help them with that. So ugh, I don't know if that's going to bite me in the butt, but we'll when find out. When your kids listen to this in a couple of years. <laughs> It's like, like it's like it's like Jerry Maguire. You just go ahead and get him a professional coach to get him that training to become a professional athlete or a good right. athlete, so they can get that scholarship. Exactly. That's where you go. Exactly. Start him out at a community college. That's what works. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> That's what I it did. was great. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next question, John. I'm going to direct this to you. What do you suggest people do financially before they grow their family? Well, I mean, honestly, the uh, it's different for everybody. It's like anything. Every financial picture is different for each individual, but. Uh, you have to budget. You have to be realistic with your budget. Um, what you're spending now, obviously, is not going to be the same as what you're spending when that child appears or comes. Granted, you'll get that help at the beginning because it's you know, a new baby. Everybody's happy. Everybody's there. That wears off after about six months to a year. It's no longer a new thing anymore. And now <laughs> you're totally responsible for this human being. That, I'll tell you why no, it wears off because the baby shower is exhausting, <laughs> first of Wait, all. Wait, you're, you're tired by the baby shower before wow. the baby is even born? It's, everything that happens before the child was born is so exhausting as a friend of people who have had babies. And I hope they're listening to me. The baby showers are exhausting for everyone. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not. Yeah. And that's Will's TED talk uh, about baby showers. Stop but, inviting me. <laughs> but, but I would definitely have to say, definitely budget by far is the most important thing. 
a lot of people sometimes will make that budget where it's not really realistic. It's something that they're, they, they're trying to aspire to. You need to be real with yourself about what your debt is, what your liabilities are, the money, the income that you have coming in and how that's going to be affected. And at the same time, like Stephanie says, even just playing those games at the, at the baby showers of guessing what things cost, mm-hmm. that's realistic. You have to really look into that. And then if do you want your children to go to college? If they're not smart enough to get that academic scholarship or athletic enough to get the sports scholarship, that's something else you need to take into the equation. It's all part of it, um, what you want for your child. So what are the That types- was me, not athletic enough for this <laughs> I'm sure your parents are so proud. (laughs) So what are the types of things, John, you talked about a budget, number one thing, definitely. So Stephanie, what type of things should we save money for when we start planning on having kids or how should we save? Right. I mean, obviously the essentials start saving some money in a, you know, in the savings account and just a little tip, you know, baby showers, my daughter from zero to six months, I had enough clothes for triplets. That girl had, I had so many clothes that had tags on it by the time she was six months old. But when she was a year, she was naked. So I told people, can we please buy like, buy those people 12 month old clothes are not as cute as newborn clothes, but my 12 month old is naked. That is something I've always done wrong. Like when I go to the baby shower, I bring the cute, like the cutest little outfit so that little. the kid will wear one time and I get a picture of it. They're like, look, they're wearing your outfit. And I'm like, great. And they never wear it again. So, Ste- so Stephanie had the little baby. I had the nine pound baby that fit into the newborn diapers for a week. Oh no, my second <laughs> one. My first one was five pounds. My second one was nine pounds. Oh boy. Okay. I know what so that's I have, all about. I have extremes. You know, the one thing, obviously saving money and then saving diapers, but the one thing people do not think about, and again, I was the mom, I was the woman having the baby, maternity leave, right? Mm. Because nationally, we do not get paid for maternity leave. And I don't know the exact number. I, you know, I would render a guess minimum 80% of moms that go on maternity leave are not paid for it, rendering a guess. Now, most companies, companies I've worked for have offered short-term disability to that mom, which is such a gift. I mean, it's such a gift. But at that point in time too, short-term disability insurance only covers up to 60% of your salary. So you have to sit there and say, can we live off of me not having a salary up to 12 weeks can we live off of me having 60% of my salary up to 12 weeks? And so you have to save that money beforehand. Before you get pregnant, you have to start saving all that money so you have the money during maternity leave to live off of as a family. That's probably like one of the biggest expenses. I was very lucky that I had that with both my kids. I had short-term disability. People can buy personal short-term disability policies outside of their employer. People don't realize that pregnancy is actually considered a disability. So I actually had to take one of my securities exams when I was 34 weeks pregnant. It was so awful, but I had special accommodations under Disability Act uh, because I was so pregnant and could have a baby any day now, and I did two weeks later. But people don't realize that. You have to save ahead of time. You have to plan and say, how many weeks are we going to take off? How many weeks are we not going to have a salary? The other thing people do not realize, you have to pay your health insurance benefits. If you're the carrier of it, you have to cut a check to your employer if you're not getting a paycheck in order to keep your health care. So remember, your health care comes out of your paycheck. If you're not getting a paycheck, but you're still employed by FMLA, you still have to pay for your health care somehow. There's a lot of things to consider as far as that's concerned. And 12 weeks 
is so short. Yeah, it's I mean, it's I, not a I, lot I will of never lunch. know the experience of having a child, obviously myself. But like, I just feel like that is like everyone I've known who's come back to work after that time period. I'm like that. That was no time at all. It was like yesterday. Well, yes. Mm-hmm. I know my current employer actually now offers paternity leave, which I think that that is wonderful. Well, yes. they changed it to uh, parental. Oh. It's that's just nice. called parental leave. So, John, is there a specific type of savings account that we should put our money in that's better than others? I'd say probably the one that's driven by the highest interest. I mean, obviously, not knowing exactly when you might need the funds or what the, what could come up beforehand, if you don't have enough saved, you definitely want to make sure it's liquid and available. Mm. So a short-term CD, something you're not going to be penalized too hard for if it's paying more than savings, might be a way to go. Uh, but definitely, you need, you need to have the money available where you're not going to be penalized too hard if you had to get to it fast. A lot of people want to grow those funds and so hit the home runs and in investing. And now oh, we're going to just get, like Reddit uh, recently here with the, the GameStop stock, right? We were just talking about beforehand. Someone thinks they could throw 10000 in that real fast and make a million bucks. And next thing you know, we think that the peak was, what, almost $500 a share. And it's down to, I think, $40 a share the other day. So you do not want to put money that you know you're going to need into any investment or tie it up in any long-term vehicle knowing that that's what it's going to be used for. I mean, if it's earmarked for something specific and you know the time frame is less than a year, you definitely have to keep it within the credit union space for money market, CD, something like that. So really fun question. Super fun one. How soon after you have a baby should couples revise their wills and other legal documents? Oh, I will take that one. So I was an older parent and did not have my first child until I was 41. And my husband, I have to do the math, he was like 47. So having said that, our parents are deceased except for my father who lives 2,000 miles away and he's 83 years old. We have zero grandparents. We have no help. Our biggest concern with our children was my daughter was 16 weeks old when we decided to go to a Dirk Bentley concert in Tampa. And as we were driving to this concert, like I remember it very specifically, I said to him, who is going to raise our daughter if we die in a car accident together as we're on our way to the concert? First thought. And immediately it was an estate planning attorney. You don't want to talk about your death, but if you don't talk about your death, you are leaving behind a legacy that is heart-wrenching and very hard for people to navigate. You have to think about what if you and your spouse die in in an accident together, who's going to take care of your children? How are they going to take care of your children? Is it family? Is it not family? How are you going to fund that? I got back from maternity leave with my son and 16 weeks, I got more life insurance. You need to put more life insurance on yourself. If you die, can you replace the income that you're bringing in for your spouse? If you are a stay-at-home mom, you are irreplaceable too. You need life insurance on that life to help pay for the cost of raising these children. And it's stuff you do not want to have to think about, but it is so important to think about. No, absolutely. In that episode, we recorded um, a little while ago about state planning. And we had Mary Kaplan, who is an estate planning attorney, who came in and really walked us through. And and you're right, it's not exactly the most fun topic, but it's very necessary. It's like anything. um, If you're not here, you want to make sure things are going to happen the way you would want them to. And that's where a lot of those estate planning and trusts and things like that kick in. You don't want to leave it up to the courts. The courts are always going to try to do what's in the best interest of the child. But that's not always in the best interest emotionally for the child. And that's the thing you have to sort of take into effect. You definitely want to be sure to have bases covered. All right. So my next question, I actually have a funny story. So it's about tax breaks. 
And are there still some... To follow some... that up with a funny story. I know, funny <laughs> story. So my birthday is on December 31st. So my birthday is the very last day of the year. So as Laurel says in my family, is that the doctor asked my mom if they wanted me to be the first baby born the next year. Like they wanted, as she's in labor, said, hey, can you hold off a little bit? So she's the first one born the following year. A baby ladder strategy, nice. Right, like, so I could be in the newspaper or something. And my dad turns and goes, heck no, I want the tax break for this year. (laughs) (laughs) And now having kids totally understand. So what are some of the tax breaks and, and, and things that we can get once we have kids? Well, there's tax credits, of course, uh, for children um, that are school age. You also, of course, have the write-offs for daycare costs, things like that. Anything that's going to weigh you down that can be written off your bottom line to lessen your tax burden is really where it's at. And again, having kids is a benefit that way. We felt it. Uh, my Our youngest uh, daughter, like I said, at this point, is 22 in college, and um, they just she, I think, filed her own taxes this year for the first time. So it's sort of a hard pill to swallow. Uh, but <laughs> she made more money than we made last year, so it's better for her to learn that. Now she's sort of on her own, bang her own things. She earned the right to go ahead and do that this year. But, you know, it's one of those things where having a, an accountant is what I'd recommend. Even if you're paying for it, it's a good thing. Sometimes people try to do the turbo tax and things on their own. You might miss those type of breaks or credits. So it's always good to have a tax professional, especially when you have kids, to take advantage of some of those benefits. Yeah. Other than the standard, you know, there's a standard deduction on your taxes now. Um, I think you. it's actually, when it, the tax law changed, it's three kids now, and then you get more if you go over um, my husband wouldn't go more than two, so I don't get the additional tax break, but I tried. <laughs> and we're very close to our tax guy, and he's like, we need another one, but that didn't happen. The thing that we do, though, is child, it's a dependent care account, and that is pre-tax dollars. Many employers offer that now. I know people are like, oh, I don't need more taken out of my paycheck. Uh, I I get it. Sometimes my paychecks, I don't, my page, my deductions are higher than my pay. And you can do, I think last year, I think it's 5,500. It does change every year. You can do pre-tax dollars to pay for daycare costs. Now, when I told you I spent $2,000 a month for daycare, of course, that's only about two and a half months, but it's two and a half months to take off my taxable income. Don't miss out on that. You're already going to pay $5,000 in daycare cost. If you have one child in there, have it be pre-tax dollars. Don't skip over that when open enrollment comes around in your, in, at your job. That's just like super important. I to totally missed out on that. I found out about that after my kids were no longer in daycare and I could have just kicked myself. I missed out so much on not doing that. That's a good PSA right there. Man, producer Laura and I were like talking about taxes before this, just about like filing jointly as married people. And uh, never mind, we're fine. Me and Lauren are good. (laughs) We were like, yeah, turbo tax. (laughs) Like, (laughs) all right, guys, thank you so much. We're going to take a quick pause for a commercial break and then we'll come back with our making it count essential. So you guys are ready for the rapid fire questions. So stay tuned. Making it count is sponsored by Addition Financial. When your want-to needs a little know-how, turn to the Money Smarts experts at Addition Financial. Just like this podcast, they're committed to empowering our community to make the best financial decisions possible. Count them into your financial journey at additionfi.com. Early insured by the NCUA and an equal housing lender. Welcome back. We are going to dive right into our mix of fun and serious questions. Christina, 
get us started. Ladies first. So I'm going to go to Stephanie. Stephanie, these questions are for you. First question. Do you think parents with kids should have a budget? If you ask my three-year-old, no. Everything she's into the who buy this thing right now. No, you have to have a budget because it is so simple to go into Target or any place else and see something that is cute and we need it. You have to have a budget just for the essentials. Let's go back to the diapers and the wipes. They outgrow shoes, I think, every five days. So if you don't have a budget for that, and be realistic, you're going to want to take them places and have fun with them too. Put that in there too. Entertainment is a big part of people's budget and they love to not put entertainment in there. So you have to, you know, and when you have kids, you need to That's so funny. She's right. When I'm like doing my budget, I'm like, I don't need to do anything. And then like two days later, I'm at Disney. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See? Yeah. You got to budget those annual passes you, there, Will. You do. I do budget those. All right. Here's your fun question. Now that you have two, you have two very young kids, what is the biggest unexpected expense that you have as a parent? You didn't even think it was going to... Oh, goodness. So daycare, I knew. So literally shoes. I'm not kidding. Uh, (laughs) This morning, as my two-year-old was like, we were putting his shoes on, my husband is jamming them on his feet. And I go, do you think they fit him? And he's like, well, I don't know. These are his sneakers. I go, do you think his feet grow? And he's like, yes. I'm like, then he probably needs new shoes. It's just little things like that. I, I really think it was shoes. And then also entertainment. You know, you don't stay home with your children all of the time and finding age appropriate activities for them. Most of the time involves a membership of some kind or a ticket to get into some place. So I would say that's it. Don't discredit the fact you do have to spend money on a two-year-old to entertain them. All right, John, my questions are gonna be directed at you. So we talked about getting life insurance for parents. Should people buy life insurance for their kids? Not to be morbid. I mean, you never like talking about that. Mortality is one of those things that's just one of those taboo subjects sometimes. But openly, I think burial-wise, maybe, that'd be about it. I don't think you really want to cover any other type of insurance on your children. In case there's an accidental death, that'd be the only thing you'd probably want to be prepared for. You might already be financially anyway, so you might not even need the insurance. So that'd be the thing you want to check. If your budget could afford that ten or 15000 or 20000 whatever it might take, if, God forbid, something happened, then don't even worry about the life insurance. But if you think... Budget-wise, you're already tight, and you might need it for the sake of, you know, $2 a, a month, if that probably, you'd be able to cover a, a burial policy for a child. All right, and a, and a less awful question. Yeah, I, thanks, I, Will. That wasn't even like, that was like a double <laughs> serious question. I'm looking at producer Lauren right now about this I thought this was the fun stuff. What's going on? I know, like, anyways. So to end on a lighter <laughs> note, what surprised you most financially about becoming a parent? Asking me that question is sort of funny because my daughter was actually born on my birthday. So it was my birthday gift, probably one of the best birthday gifts I ever got, but the most expensive one I'm still paying for to this day. So, and she's 28. The gift that keeps on giving. It's a true statement. You know, as a parent, you always want to give them more than you had. Um, What I would say is be real about that too. Set, set boundaries, set goals for them to achieve before you give that extra. Because I always want to give, 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 because I'm the Christmas guy. I love Christmas. I don't need the gifts. I love giving the gifts, right? So for me, the hardest part was to say no sometimes. I'm remarried, and my current wife now we've been together almost ten years, and uh, married for almost five, and uh, we have that talk all the time where hey, both both of us have spoiled the crap out of our kids. We need to now that they're older, we're we're enabling them to just oh hey dad, hundred bucks, oh hey yo oh, great, good to see you, here's money, right? To make them earn it if they if they want it for something, make sure it's for something that's 
more specific, something that's going to help them grow. Um, oh, so it's, man, I hope it's been a little harder. Listening to this, uh, I'm like, what? <laughs> it's always joy, but you know, in the end, like anything, kids are sponges, right? Doesn't matter how young or old they are. You know, anybody below the age of twenty, you want to set that example of working hard, doing the things you need to do to set yourself up, and not have to rely on another person. Because that's, let's face it, I have two daughters. I don't want my girls sticking in a bad relationship because they think they need a, you know, somebody else's money. Mm. I'd like them to be you know, self-sufficient. And you know, if they feel like they're in that situation, they can get out of it knowing that financially they'll still be okay. We are our kids' first role models. That's a true statement. And they're watching us how we spend our money. So that is so true, John. Okay. And your kids are going to be just like on the cartwheel app all day. And, and, I love and the cartwheel app. They're going to be like paying like 15 months of a mortgage they in one year. Scan and... the, they want to scan all the items in my shopping cart at Target. I'm teaching them well. Okay, so you made that entertainment. I did. So do you need an entertainment? But I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, for the Target spend yeah. that I'm about to. Okay, and I have one last question. I know this sounds like a lot. I think people that haven't had kids yet, maybe this is a little overwhelming. I'm going to ask both of you, what's the best thing about having kids? Stephanie, you're up. Oh, my goodness. You know, the unconditional love that children give you, they love you regardless of what you look like, what you're doing that day. We're talking about money. They have no concept of money. I mean, they just love you. And... It's just so neat to see a little human grow from a baby to their little personalities coming out. And I, I think that for us, we always look at our daughter and say, oh my gosh, she's almost four. Where's our baby? And she's just such a little human right now. And you just adore that. And then I think the other thing that I just love is when like our friends and family interact with them. That's your child and you love that your friends and your family love them just as much. There's never a right time to have a kid. You're never going to be rich enough. You're never going to have enough money in the bank. But if we never did anything, because we always said we're never going to get there, we would literally never do anything, you can find a way. Yeah. What about you, John? Well, I agree with that. Um, you definitely find a way no matter what. And it's a personal preference. Don't let anybody tell you you're not ready. If you really feel that's the direction you want to go, you should do what you do. Being aware helps, but at the same time, like Stephanie said, you will find a way. I'll tell you what, honestly, probably the biggest joy kids bring to me, and I get it more from my grandson now. My kids are now grown, so they're more manipulative and conniving <laughs> a little bit sometimes when they want something. This um, is ending on a positive note, I know. Note, well, on John. a positive, <laughs> truth. Kids are just, they see, th they see the world in oh, black. Oh, yes. They see the world in black and white. So even when they see you trying to do something in a way that you've, you've taught them not to do certain things, but you end up starting to do that thing to try to lessen the blow on somebody, like with my older, with my kids... I'm like, no, hey, yeah, this is this. And my grandson will be like, well, Grandpa, you said this. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> you're right. You're right, Colton. Uh, but they hold you accountable. They hold you to a truth because that's the only way they see it. It's, it's so pure. It doesn't matter what you look like, who you are, what you are. If they see you as a certain thing, they'll say it, even if it's an embarrassing thing that you shouldn't say. But it's just, it's so innocent. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's probably the, the, the happiest thing. Anytime I look at kids, it's, they're so innocent and so just pure and so truthful that I wish if the world could all be like that, we'd be in a much better place. Oh, okay. I'm not crying. You're crying. Okay. So both of you, John, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us today. If our listeners want to learn more about what you guys do with CUNA Investment, how do they get a hold of you? They can reach Stephanie and I through um, additionfi.com and go onto the investments um, link. It'll bring them to our profiles and they could choose, I guess, Stephanie, I cover certain branches. So if you are set in one branch, you'd sort of want to find out 
what those coverages are. So you can also obviously contact Addition Financial, um, and they can definitely give you that breakdown of, of where we would be located and how we can meet. Great. All right, Christina, it's time for our favorite segment. What, what did, did we, we learn, learn today? today? All right, I'll start. So for me, I will pull back the jokes for a second. And even though I don't intend on having children right now, I will say I have like 300 nieces and nephews. I don't know the exact number anymore. I do love being an uncle and that is a lot of fun. And it's also cheap. <laughs> and you can give them like the smallest gift and it's wonderful to them. So I'm, I'm joking, but it really is great. And I can totally understand why some people are like dead set on wanting kids right now, regardless of the cost. So I think what Stephanie said a minute ago was very true. If we always waited until it was the perfect time, we would never do anything. Definitely. One thing I wish I would have learned when my kids were in daycare was when they were done. I, w- I am not exaggerating. When we made our last payment to our daycare, we celebrated. And I wish I would have kept putting that money into an account and pretended I could still like pay it. Because obviously we could have afforded it because we made it through six years. I should have put that aside and then put it straight into a college account. So I learned that today. I think that is very valuable. All right. Well, at the end of each episode, we like to share a resource that our listeners can use to get more information. Christina, why don't you tell us about this week's resource? I'd love to. This resource is called The Principal Guide to Achieving Financial Security When Settling Down. It's got information about planning for a wedding, getting married, financial considerations when planning to have a baby, child savings accounts, and much more. It's a great resource to have on hand. You can find it by clicking the link in the show notes. And we look forward to seeing you next time on Making, Making It, it Count. Count. And that's a wrap on this episode of Making It Count. If you learned something new, were inspired to reach your financial goals, or just found us entertaining, please subscribe, share, or rate, and review us on your favorite podcast app. And don't worry, we'll be back soon with another new episode of Making Making It It Count. Representatives are registered, securities sold, advisory services offered through CUNA Brokerage Services Incorporated, CBSI, member FINRA SIPC, a registered broker dealer and investment advisor, which is not an affiliate of the credit union. CBSI is under contract with the financial institution to make securities available to members, not NCUA, NCUSIF, FDIC insured, may lose value, no financial institution guarantee, not a deposit of any financial institution.